Dear Lord Jesus, amen. Good to see you guys today. Glad you guys could be with us. Happy Independence Day weekend for all of you guys who are celebrating the 4th of July. I mean, how better to celebrate the 4th of July than have some ice cream before church? Come on, let's give it up for the events team. They did great putting that all together. I hope you guys got some ice cream and you're like, ice cream? I didn't see any ice cream. We had the ice cream truck here, right? So they were just over here. That was uh, between services. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everybody got your favorite one. Um, I, think, uh, I, think, I think ice cream and 4th of July just goes good together. Amen, everyone? Tyra's favorite holiday is the 4th of July, so we do it up big, and uh, we blow stuff up. Anybody going to the Salina Carnival? Plan on going to the carnival? No, no one's going to the carnival. I don't blame you. Moving right along. So uh, I'm telling you, those are the same rides that they've had since you were a kid. Moving on, moving on. But uh, it, is, it, is a, it is a great weekend. We love to celebrate... Um, we love to celebrate America around here. If you are new with us, my name is Darian Rains. I am the senior pastor of Your Place Church. Been gone for a few weeks, but uh, didn't these young guns do a great job? Come on, let's give it up for the young guns. So proud of them. People are like, where were you? Well, every summer I like to take a few weeks off and just recalibrate. So many people are curious about what it's like to take that kind of time off, you know, with no, no meetings, no schedule, no agenda. And so I just want to share some things with you about what the Lord's done inside of me. Um, contrary to the videos, I did not sleep the whole time, all right? I, I, there was some sleeping that happened, uh, and I did not just lay, you know, prostrate. Is prostrate before the Lord, right? I, di I, just, I didn't do that the whole time, though there was some of that going on. Um, but I do want to share with you guys over the next few minutes about my experience and, and talk about uh, what, what I encountered in an effort to see uh, how you can have maybe a similar experience in the way that the Lord wants to do that for you. Um, there's a book entitled Move. It's just the book's move, right? And in the book, the authors, um, they, they talk about this survey that they did of 150,000 Christians, people like you and I, um, in churches, and, and what they're looking for from guys like me who do this, you know, for a living. Like, this is my calling, this is what I do. And of the 150,000 people they surveyed, they said there was basically four things that arose out of the survey. Number one, the people said, we need our pastors to teach us how to pray. Like, if, if I could just have someone model for me how to do it. Like, I think we all want to do it, but like, how do you do that in real time? The second thing that they said in this survey was... Teach us how to not only hear the voice of God, but know it's God. Like, teach us how to hear the voice of God. 150,000 people surveyed. This is what they wanted to know, right? So, A, like, you know, teach us how to pray. How do we hear the voice of God? And then number three, teach us how to interpret, to read and interpret the holy written word of God. And how many of you guys know that it's, you can only take people someplace that you've been yourself? And so that was the, the goal, if you will, over the last few weeks. I, I, I want to spend time in the presence of God, and I want to, I want to come back ready to go, swinging for the fences, 
and take us as a church on a journey. And so I'm going to share some things that happened over the last few weeks because I think you're interested. At least the survey says you were interested, so I'm hoping you're interested. First service seemed to be pretty interested, so I'm assuming second service is as well. But let's pray. Father, we love you, and God, we're so thankful for your grace, for your mercy. Father God, that you, you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never give up on us, you always love us, and Lord, we're not worthy, but you do it anyway. And so I'm thankful for that, Father. And I pray, Father God, that you can remind me how to do this uh, speaking thing, and Lord, that you would speak through me today, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, there is basically four quadrants that we can place people who come to church in, right? This church is, is not exempt, but the, the big C church, the, the big C church. There, number one, there's people who are here today, people who are watching online, people in every church across America who are, they're new and they're curious. You know what I mean? They're curious about God. They're curious about Jesus Christ. Maybe they're one of your coworkers, maybe some friends. Maybe they just happened to stumble across the place. I can't tell you how many times people were on their way to Walmart and saw the church, saw the church and just pulled in one Sunday. And they're here today. They're new and they're curious about Jesus. Um, the second quadrant of people that 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 most of us find ourselves in is um, they're new and they're saved. In other words, they've been coming for a while. I think there's something to this whole Jesus thing. They've raised a hand. They've said a prayer, whatever that looks like in your world. They're new to all of this God thing and they're saved. Like they've invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life. The third quadrant that a lot of us are in the room are in today in a lot of churches across America and really across the world is they've moved beyond new. Now, I want Jesus at the absolute center of my life. Like I want him at the center of everything I do. I want him at the center of my marriage I want him at the center of my relationships, my career, my hobbies. Like, I want Jesus in the center of everything I do, my life, right? But then there's a fourth quadrant. And the fourth quadrant people say this, forget about, forget about my life. Jesus, I want to be in the center of your life. I want to be at the center of what you're doing. See, people in this quadrant, they don't get mad at churches because they weren't serving churches anyway. They were serving Jesus. They don't get mad at pastors because they're not serving pastors. They're serving Jesus. Does this make sense? The goal for all of us is to be right there. And over the last several weeks, that's what's happened inside of my heart. I, I find myself right there. There. It took me roughly two weeks uh, to unplug from this place um, when our board of directors and I had a conversation about me potentially doing this. This has been several years ago. Um, they were like, we don't want anybody to call you. We just want you to rest. We want you to unplug. We want you to hear from God. We want you to spend time with Jesus. Well, 
for some reason, the first week, I, I did. I slept a lot the first week. Like, I just, I just took naps, and I just, I just unplugged. It took, me, it took me longer this year than it ever has to unplug. And so Tyra says, that's it. I got two tickets to paradise. Pack your bags. We leave tonight. Like, she bought us two tickets to Florida. Now, they were two one-way tickets to Florida. I don't know what she meant by that, but she... <laughs> She only bought two one-way tickets to Florida, um, and her goal, her goal, oh, she's saying, unfix yourself, okay, thank you. Her goal was that we were actually, she's in the back of the room, people are like, well, who said that? I'm tired of it. Um, uh, her goal was to, uh, to buy a vehicle while we were down there and just drive it back. And uh, she wanted to, in Florida, they have these beaches that you can actually drive, not every beach, in fact, there's only three of them, you can drive your car on the beach. It's super cool, and so uh, we, we didn't buy a car, uh, and so we actually had to fly home, but it was a great trip, and after that trip, I can genuinely say it took that trip to, to get me to unplug, because when I came back from that trip, I was rested, um, and I felt like I could hear the voice of the Lord very clear, not that I wasn't before, but sometimes you just need to separate yourself from all of this to, to hear clearly. And by week three, I was, I was there. I was there. Um, we were doing our devotions. Um, the Lord was speaking. And then on week four, of course, you know, the emails start to show up. You know what I mean? Hey, pastor, we know you're coming back, so here's what you need to be aware of. And uh, by week four, I'm, I'm, I'm re-falling in love again, if you will, with the mission and vision of your place, church, and I'm getting fired up and I'm ready to go. So if it's true, and it is, that people want us as pastors to model what it's like to pray, to read, interpret God's word, and hearing his voice, that's what it looks like to some degree. Now, one thing I did realize this time, first, and I've been a big silence and solitude retreat person, like I encourage people to go and spend 72 hours in the presence of the Lord. I didn't go and do that this year. Because what I found myself doing was I did that every single day for good portions of time during the day. The, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. We'll put the scriptures up on the screen for you. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're, we, we're wasting away. Um, I got a newsflash for you. Eventually... It's just a matter of time, okay? And we will all perish from this earth. So outwardly, every single day, we're, we're perishing, the Bible says. We're wasting away. Have you ever met someone who's really, really, really mad that they have to get older, right? It's like you look in the mirror, there's a few more pounds, there's a few more wrinkles, there's a few more gray hairs than they, there used to be, right? Well, the scripture tells us um, outwardly, we are you know, we are wasting away. I heard, I heard someone, I read this a couple weeks ago. After the age of 50, the check engine light starts to come on. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But look, take heart because verse 16, so therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So yes, I might have more gray than I've ever had. But inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. 
And there are some spiritual practices that at first, when we start to do them, they may not, it may not feel like they yield massive results, but if you continue to do them day by day, I'm telling you, things begin to change on the inside. And that spiritual practice that I talk about is silence and solitude. And silence and solitude is intentional time, intentional time in the quiet place to be alone with ourselves and with God. Now, again, I didn't go on a retreat this time, but what I did do is what I modeled what every one of us can do. And that was just spend a few hours a day in the presence of God, intentionally in the presence of God, not just quick go through your daily devotion so you can get on to work intentional time. For me, I just went down to our dock. Um, it's not luxurious. In fact, it's hot. Oklahoma in June is hot. Like, remember when it used to be August and then it became July and now it's June and it's already like heat index, surface of the sun, right? It's hot around here. And so I went down to our dock. We live on Lake Hudson and we have this dock. It's made of 10 um, the sun beats down on it, and there's no Wi-Fi. It's not comfortable, but Jesus met me there. Can I have an amen, someone? Amen. Jesus met me there. I was in the quiet. I was alone, except for, well, Taylor Littlefield tried to come in and poach um, some, you know, some crappie out from underneath my dock, but he didn't get any. So anyway, me and the Lord, Taylor Littlefield for a little bit, um, were there in the presence of the Lord, and, uh, and it was good. And the Lord met with me, and I found out something. I don't have to go on a 72-hour retreat to have that kind of an encounter with the presence of the Lord. And so one day I was there all day long. I didn't, I didn't even come up for lunch. I just, I just spent time in the presence of the Lord. If I got too hot, felt like I was going to have a heat stroke, I just fell in the water. It was great. It was great. I got it back up, dried off, kept on going. And so, I, so the dock became kind of my, my tent of meeting, if you will. And uh, I would spend time down there. There would, there would be days, even when we were in Florida, um, where we'd just get up and just spend an hour, hour and a half in the presence of the Lord. And I found out that it's actually sustainable if you want to. If you want to. Today, because now my, my, my soul craves it, I was up at 4.30 this morning, just in his presence. Amen, everyone? Amen. And all of us can do that if we want to. Verse 17 goes on to say, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And I love how he says our troubles that we have, and especially, especially in America, not a, we're, we live in America, home of the free Brave, right? Like, it's us, free and brave, right? Um, like, our troubles are, they pale in comparison uh, to some people who live in third world countries. Are you with me, friends? And so I love what he says, our light in momentary troubles. One translation says afflictions, right? Our light in temporary, because in light of eternity, this is all temporary, and this is light. And the Bible says that um, like we, these light and momentary um, afflictions, I lost my scripture. Like I'm completely off 
completely off of all of this. Yeah, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. I could have just read it off screen, which far outweighs them all. So verse 18 says, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And that's what moments in the presence of the Lord do. It takes our eyes off of this and it, and it puts our eyes on him. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. If I'm going to be honest, it's all soul care. It's soul care. You know, you've heard us say that your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Pastor Taylor did a great job last Wednesday talking about this and actually breaking down that word soul to talk about what it, what it actually means, what the interpreters wanted you to feel and experience during, that, during those moments. And so if you missed last Wednesday, it's online. I, I encourage you to go back and, and watch it. But how's your soul today? How is your soul how are you doing? How are the, the person on the inside of you? How are you doing? The Bible says in, the, in Psalm 42, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And then he asks a question that I think a lot of us in the room are asking when can I go and meet with him? Like some of us, I think, no, no, like really, like my schedule, I just don't know when there's going to be time to do that. Others of us, it's just like, no, man, I've done this. When can I go and do it again? And the reason why is because most of us fill our soul with, let's just be honest, ungodly things. We fill our, our soul with ungodly things. And the, our soul is the part of us that has communion with God, that has conversation with God. And I think if we're going to be honest, we have normalized a way of life that crowds out God in our lives. It crowds out the voice of God. And the result of that is anxiety, it's depression. For some of us, it's, it's substance abuse. And we say, well, I'm just going through a season right now. It's not a season. It's a lifestyle. It's overeating. It's a shopping addiction. It's fighting with my spouse. Well, I'm just in a dry season. But we're filling our souls with things that don't produce the results we want. Can I have an amen, someone? Come on, this is my first time back. Amen. Don't leave me hanging up here. We fill our souls with Netflix and social media and video games. And these are things. And, and again, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with those things. But they're substitutes to an encounter with the presence of our Father. They're, they're substitutes. It's not a meal. It's a, it's a substitute. And we go through life and we feed on this substitute. And we wonder why at the end of the day we're malnourished at some of these things. You have permission to not be curious about that stuff anymore. Because what I found out over this last few uh, weeks is anytime I wake up and the first thing I do is check social media, it messes with my day. 
Because you get, you get lost and you think you're just going to kind of say, because I saw something on Channel 6, you know, Travis Meyer posted about 75 mile an hour winds. Like, what happened? You know, it, like we get in this, and next thing you know, it's been 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and there went our intentional time and the quiet with ourselves and the Lord. So now, well, I deleted my social media, but I realized that if the first thing we do is just jump online to see what's going on, we miss it. We miss it. Amen, everyone? Amen. So it's, these are the things that are, these are important. Um, Matthew chapter 11 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what we want. I meet so many people all the time, and they're like, I'm just exhausted, brother. Man, I'm just, Pastor, I'm just I'm exhausted, right? When Jesus is saying in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That, that's what I'm after. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How's your soul? Like, take time and answer it. You don't have to shout your answers up here. But like, I, I really want you to, to evaluate. How is your soul? You know, Socrates said it this way. The unobserved life is not worth Living. And our a modern day philosopher named Ice Cube <laughs> says, You better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? <laughs> what is that? It's an intentionality of looking on the inside and asking, Am I okay? Like, am I okay? Like, what's going on inside of here? And it doesn't just happen on its own. Matthew 11, Jesus says, you actually have to come to me. So many times we're waiting for Jesus to just show up and kick down a door when he's like, no, I'm just standing at the door knocking. We have to turn the knob and open the door. We have to come to him. Amen, everyone. So we have to be intentional about it. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 1 says, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, so we're setting our hearts first, verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Well, to set something takes intentionality. We set our alarms to wake up in the morning. Our hope is, you know, that thing goes off, we wake up. We set a timer for the oven, right? We set up a camera for the, just the right shot, and we set it with the intention that it does not move. It is set, right? That's an intentionality. Well, he says, set your minds on things above. That's intentional. That's intentional, not allowing anything to mess with it once it's set. Have you ever heard the phrase, an idle mind is the devil's playground? That's true. 
That is true. If, you, if, you're not, if we're not paying attention to what we're thinking about, our mind will take us to a dark place fast. Like you only have to watch the news for a little bit and it's like, oh dear Lord Jesus, come get me now. Right? It's thinking about how we're thinking. It's called, it's called like second level thinking. So first level thinking is like just thinking. Second level thinking is about thinking about how you're thinking. And there's tons of scripture in the Bible telling you to, hey, watch your thoughts. Take control over some of those things. Why? Because victory and loss happens in our, in our thought life. Victory and thought happens in our thought life. Most of the damage done in our lives is self-inflicted through our thoughts. Have you, ever had, have you ever had one of those seasons when it's like, man, everything I touch just falls apart? Like, don't give it to me because if I touch it, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to mess up, right? And if you're in, you know, maybe you're in sales and you're like, you just can't get a break. And then you have one of those things that I don't know what happens, but something happens good and it's like you never had a bad day in your life. You know what I mean? If you're in sales, it could be like, man, if I don't get a sale quick, I might need to consider a career change because this ain't working, right? And then all of a sudden, you land a big sell or a big client, and it's like, I should teach a master class. <laughs> you know, like, I'm really, really good at this. And you forget that you had, a, you know, two weeks of no income because this one sell, right? Uh, some, some of you, I mean, it could, it could be that way in health. Like, your health is just deteriorating. You get, the, you get a report from the doctor, and it's, it's not awesome. In fact, they use the big C word, and you start thinking about chemotherapy, and you start thinking about your hair, and thought of, you know, like, replacement therapy, and you start, like, you just go down a bad path. And then the doctor comes back and says, oh, you know what? It's actually just a little, it's just a little lump here. And I think we can, like, it's an outpatient surgery. You're not going to have to do any of that. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, thank God. Right? It's like something that was true the whole time, but you didn't know it was true until you knew it was true. And then all of a sudden your whole outlook in life changed. I had a, um, I had a white Dodge Ram pickup. And this is when Tyra and I were in uh, Topeka and our kids were little and I'm driving, this was our only car and uh, we didn't have much money and uh, like I'm like praying for this thing, Lord, this thing cannot die, right? <laughs> like this has got to get us from point A to point B. And I can remember one particular time it just started shifting funny. And I was a mechanic by trade back in the day, had my ASC certifications. I knew what this thing was doing. And I'm like, we cannot rebuild the transmission right now. Like, this is a bad, bad thing. And in my mind, I'm role playing. I'm going to have to take a second job. You know what I mean? This is going to be at minimum $1,500. Um, max, like we're talking like brand new transmission. This is bad. Well, we woke up one day. Anybody know what limp mode is in your car? It's when it doesn't go faster than like 15 and the RPMs are like, you know, and it's just limping along. Well, it hit limp mode. And so I'm like, I got to take this thing in. I'm not, I don't have time to work on a transmission, nor do I want to, right? And so I'm limping this thing in, praying in the spirit, have no idea how we're going to pay for this. In my mind, I'm already about to spend $2,500. Like that's just it. That's case closed. I've, I've seen this before. I limp it to the transmission shop. We get a ride home. I no more get 
I mean, 10 minutes out of the parking lot, headed home, and the shop calls and says, hey, Mr. Range, your truck's ready. You can come pick it up. My truck? Yeah. The one I just dropped off? Yeah, you can come get it. Like, I just dropped it off. Yeah, it's fixed. <laughs> how, how much do I owe you? $26. <laughs> what? No. Don't ask any questions. Just turn around. <laughs> Just turn around. And I showed up, and it was a, it was a, there was a module that, was, that works off of a vacuum, and the diaphragm had a little hole in it, and that's what shifted the gears. And it cost them $26 to replace the part, and they sent me down the road. That's what it was the whole time. But in my head, it was a crisis. Because we live and lose and win battles in our thoughts. Does this make sense, friends? It's a big deal. Isaiah chapter 26 says this, You will keep him in, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts you. And whenever we panic and things go wrong and stuff is going down, it's like, what the heck is going on, right? When the Bible says to set your minds on things above. Friends, your cell phone is not your friend. Your cell phone. God did not design your soul to carry the burden of what you have access to with this. You weren't designed to carry the burden. And so what we do is because we have been exposed to that is we turn to other things other than the Lord. When the Bible says, listen, if you'll just choose to set your mind, choose to set your thoughts on these things, your life will be so much better. Amen? And I'll be honest with you, we've talked about this before. In fact, we talked about this right before I went on my little sabbatical. And there are people in the room who will do it. And there are people in the room who are like, come on, Pastor, let's get this over with. I got things to do today. Amen? Yeah. This is, this is I, got a, I got a funny video I just want to show you. This is, what it, this is what it feels like to be me. You know, the Lord compares us as sheep a little bit. This is, this is what it feels like to be me sometimes. Amen. I mean, can I just be real with you for just a second? I think the last service I did before I took off was like, you know, confessions of a pastor. That's what it's like to be me. But you know what? I've just decided I'm just going to keep on doing what I do. I'm just going to keep on preaching the good news. Can I have an amen, everyone? Amen. You know, people who want to experience Jesus, they'll experience Jesus. Maybe this will be the day you get it. You know what I mean? And then just when I feel like this is, I've had about enough of this, I hear Gracie Robertson get on the stage last week and preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. That girl has said 10 words to me in the last 10 years. I've counted them. I've counted them. And yet she gets on the stage and just preaches to you. And then I get on uh, and, and I, I read reports like... Uh, uh, um, Recovery 360 had like close to 60 people a few money nights ago. Come on, they're doing it. They're doing it. It's working. 
I'm hearing about the stories of miracles and I'm hearing stories about life change and people getting healed from this. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's working. Maybe they are listening. But here's my question. Is your soul over anxious? Is your soul over anxious? In scripture, we're referred to as sheep, right? The, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a, that's a sheep term. I shall not want. My sheep know my voice and the voice of another. They will not follow. I think God nailed it right on the head when he referred to us as sheep because sheep are skittish. <laughs> Have you ever been around sheep? They're skittish people. And people are the same way. And some people would say, well, it's with good reason. I mean, have you seen what's going on out there? Harper Collins has, every year they have a word for the year. Do you know what the word for the year is in 2023? Permacrisis. The UK company named 2023 word of the year permacrisis. You know what a permacrisis is? It is an extended period of instability and insecurity, especially one resulting from a series of catastrophic events. We're living in a world that causes us to panic. I mean, it started with the pandemic. You better get vaxxed or you're going to die. Curfew, shutdowns, toilet paper, right? <laughs> right? Then the war in the Ukraine, like World War III, here it comes, get ready, right? We're all panicking, right? And then gas prices went up. I heard, I mean, just a few, few months ago, everybody was like, U.S. dollar's done. U.S. dollar's done. Like, it's all going downhill from here. One of our, one of our pastors uh, had a real good friend of him tell him, you better, you better figure out a side hustle because the government's going to make all charitable donations non-tax deductible. And so people are going to stop giving. And I'm like, when, when did we give to the Lord for the tax benefits of it, right? We give to the Lord because that's what we, we, we worship God. Amen. Amen. But we hear these things. The interest is up, the stock market's down, and you only get mugged if you go downtown. <laughs> Anybody? Mississippi River, she's going dry. Sheep know they cannot create a world free of predators. So what do sheep do? They stay close to the shepherd. Have you ever watched them? Like what sheep? The sheep over here by the, by the shepherd, they just eat. They relax. They eat. Look at the shepherd. Shepherd move. They, they move where the shepherd's at. They eat. The sheep that are on the outskirts, they're freaking out. They take a bite. And then when one does it, five others do it too. What did you, what did you see? What did you see? Did you see something? Did you, did you hear something? Right? The sheep over by the shepherd? Eh. Why? Because they're close to the shepherd. This is why the psalmist nailed it when he, he said this in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I don't know about you all, I lack nothing. He makes me, who? The shepherd. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep only lie down when their bellies are full. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, listen, friends, I'm not trying to tell you that it's not ugly out there. I'm telling you, stay close to the shepherd. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I, I don't know about you, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. And your rod and your staff, in other words, your ability, your power, your authority, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, I don't know about your cup, but my cup overflows. And see, people read this at funerals because they think it's talking about heaven. This ain't talking about heaven. It's talking about right now because he says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Right here, right now. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Only the sheep who are close to the shepherd believe that. Everybody else? Is everything okay? Skittish. Go back to Colossians chapter 3. You guys got two more minutes? Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Be intentional. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and I love this, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Like everybody else, like, how come you're not freaking out? It's because I'm, I'm hidden from all of that. My life is hidden because I choose to be close to the shepherd of us. So many of us have stopped coming to Jesus. We still believe in him. And some of us, we're busy serving him. But functionally, we've stopped coming to him. Amen. And see, it's, there's something about being in his presence that changes us. Two things I've learned um, over the last few weeks. As an online church attender, we attended your place church online. Number one, everybody from about right here over and about right here over this way, you're all I see in the camera. <laughs> Besides who's on stage. And so every service when, you know, whoever's speaking says, everybody stand up with us. All you guys do this. <laughs> Y'all do it. <laughs> I watched you. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, they're, they're, 
they're fixing themselves, aren't they? <laughs> not that it's distracting. Like, next week, everybody will not sit in these sections. Like, I need you to sit there. Really, I do. Everybody online's going, yeah, that's about true, right? The second thing I learned as an online service attender over the last four weeks, if online's your only experience, you're getting about 20% of what's happening. Because I, like, the communicators were great. I wasn't changed. is a potato. <laughs> I do not want to eat this potato right now. It's raw. Did you want to hold my potato? <laughs> okay, give it back. <laughs> Have you ever baked a potato before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You set the oven, 400, 450, open the oven, you set the, set the potato middle of the oven rack, you close the door, you walk away. You come back 45 minutes, an hour, and you open the door and you fill it and it's soft. The potato did nothing but sit in an environment that changed the potato. And if you're a sweet potato, <laughs> stuff leaks out of that thing. <laughs> you don't even, you don't even have, the, the potato does nothing, but just sits there. But the environment changes it. So in August, we're going to create some space for you, if you want to. Again, I'm moving with the movers. If you want to, we're going to set an environment up where you can come in and just sit there and become soft and let the Lord change you. August is our 21 days of prayer and feasting. January is fasting. August is feasting. Um, where we join the life group that's presently doing this. Except I think they're meeting upstairs. We'll meet down here. And at 6 a.m. for 21 days, we'll just come into a room. And we'll just sit in an environment where the presence of God will change us. You have a choice. Pastor, you know I can't do that. I gotta be at the office at six. Awesome. I understand that. But there are moments when you can, if you want to. Do you want to? Do you want to? Because if you can be in an environment where the presence of the Lord is, you will change.
And we're just going to create an atmosphere for that to happen. Amen? You guys can stand up with this.